The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. How to dream, cowboys. Welcome back to the Westworld Podcast. Today we're going to recap and review the Game of Thrones Season 8, Episode 1, uh, which is not Westworld. I'm James. And I'm Ryan. And this is the Westworld Podcast. Talk, talking about Game of Thrones. <laughs> so maybe you're thinking to yourself, oh, well, I mean... This is the Westworld Podcast. I don't really think they have a lot of cause to review Game of Thrones, but, you know, literally everybody is recapping and reviewing Game of Thrones. YouTube channels which do not do recaps are recapping and reviewing Game of Thrones. At least we recap things on HBO, so we're pretty Game of Thrones adjacent. To be fair, on our Westworld Podcast, we talk about Game of Thrones a lot. So, I feel like this is a lateral move. Yeah, and I'm not saying we're going to be the best recap and review of Game of Thrones, but, you know, literally, NPR is recapping and reviewing Game of Thrones. And, you know, I listen to a lot of NPR, I like NPR. We're going to be better than the sexless, toothless NPR hosts talking about Game of Thrones, I think. While James's claim is wishy-washy, how dare you, by the way, we will be the best Game of Thrones recap and review podcast that comes out sometime after one of the episodes happen, but the quality of it will be unmatched. It will be pretty good. Hopefully it will be good. It's not like we're neglecting our Westworld duties by doing so. Frankly, there's not a lot going on uh, with Westworld, and it's going to be about another year before it's back on the air. Yeah, Westworld only brings bad news currently, and we'll cover that with one or two sentences towards the end. But, you know, prior to that happening, let's talk about Game of Thrones Season 8. Episode 1. It was called Winterfell, and it was one of the first times we went into a Game of Thrones episode not knowing the name of it. But it's called Winterfell, so pretty on the nose. Yeah, they they slapped that name on at the last minute. They're like, it's, the episode's airing now. What are you going to call it? Uh, 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 Winterfell. Done. Print it. It could have also been called Recap, Review, and Recycle. Let's uh, tell everybody what's happened just in case they haven't seen it. But who's starting right now with episode one of season eight? Who, shame. 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 So, I don't know how you feel about this, Ryan, but I was talking to a friend of mine who was also a big fan of the show, and he had said that, you know, waiting two years, rather than build his hype, uh, diminished it because he had moved on to other things. And kind of forgotten a little bit of what happened in Season 7. And I wondered maybe if it was the best decision to wait two years. I can't comment on whether it was a good or bad decision to wait two years. I don't know the intricacies of how we got here. All I know is that I was looking forward to it a whole bunch. I've been re-binging the show and watching earlier seasons and... Remembering how much I loved them, I'm actually on season five right now, and, uh, you know, last night watching season eight, episode one, it was refreshing, it was, I was looking forward to it so much, I, I have been waiting so long, and I still rate Game of Thrones in, like, my top three shows I've ever seen in my life, and I believe I've seen, said this before, if the last season of Game of Thrones is good it doesn't even have to be great 
it just has to be good, then it could surpass The Office and The West Wing for me as my favorite show. If I had to say after the first episode whether or not it was going to do that, I would have to say, yeah, uh, I don't know. I have no idea. The first 10 minutes of this episode was, again, just a recap. A bunch of cool things happened. We're going to get into those cool things. The storylines I've always found annoying were kind of still annoying. The storylines I've always found interesting were kind of still interesting. You know what? I'm going to I'm gonna throw that qualifier away. They were interesting. But I will also say, big props to HBO for having enough servers online that the stream didn't crash. I was so sure it was going to crash. Dedicated listeners to the show will recall that I'm one of those... Uh, superior and pretentious book-reading Game of Thrones fans who doesn't like the show. I did love the show. Seasons 1 through 4 are near-perfect in my estimation, but then, you know, I, I don't think it's controversial to say that there was somewhat of a decline in the 5th, 6th, and 7th season, and when you compare them to the great source material, it just, uh, you know, it hurts my butt and I become butthurt. <laughs> James is a naysayer, okay? When it comes to this show, actually, it's the opposite, really, when it comes to Westworld, where I am playing the naysaying role. It's not a role, really. It's just what I feel. And I'm on the opposite side, where I have not read the books. I'm going to read them afterwards. I want to just feel the show and let the show hit me as it does without knowing anything. Although the show is now ahead of the books, as George R. R. Martin really understands in his bones. And... I, I, you know, I want this show to be great. I didn't think five, six, and seven were awful. I just didn't think they were as great as the first four. I, it was pretty common knowledge that it was, and that it has been not as good since the source material. Still, like a really good example was the small council meetings in the first four seasons were amazing and they were taking straight lines from the books. And then the moment the source material was gone, they became weird. So, Season 8, Episode 1 begins with, oh, well, it's kind of a bookend with Season 1, Episode 1, where the Queen and her entourage are coming up the King's Road, just like Robert did in the beginning, and everyone's lined up to see them. The point-of-view character, I guess, is Arya at this point, and there's a really good bit where she's seeing everyone, and she's like, oh, look, it's him, it's him. And then she sees the hound, and she's like, uh, what? Oh, he's alive. Interesting. She lets a little boy through who climbs up a tree like Bran used to do, and she lets the boy through to go see because she wanted to see as Robert Baratheon was coming in during season one, episode one. Can we also take a moment to say that the beginning, the opening credits that was changed a lot, was great. It was so good. And he runs into Sansa, and they've been having this weird, like, you know, tension since last season where they do seem to like each other and get along, but then also butting heads. And it seems like that's still happening based on how she's reacting to him arriving and he's excited to see his little brother and sister who he hasn't seen in a while Arya's not there but then bran is there and bran's character hasn't changed at all he's still like a dead-eyed computer boy and and john handles that well he's like oh bran it's so good to see you he's like it is good to see you john yeah Br- yeah man <laughs> bran is the three-eyed <laughs> raven bran is technically dead uh, as was pointed out in in recent seasons where the reeds were like, we died for you. And he's like, yeah, totally. Also, as they were riding in, the northerners were looking at the unsullied like they had never seen black people before. And they were racist with their eyes. Yeah, but in a positive way. They're like, wow, so exotic. I doubt it was not a positive way. I saw their eyes, James. <laughs> they were just being racist with their pupils. And now this is a, a Game of Thrones trope at this point, but this this could be the last time we see it, which is people looking up into the sky at a dragon with a expression of like both fear and wonderment while swelling music plays in the background. Arya so psyched to see the dragons. Sansa pretty psyched to see the dragons. 
most of the northerners ran away in fear which i believe is you know if you saw a dragon you wouldn't just be like oh cool a dragon you'd be like i think i'm gonna get out of here that's a dragon but when John goes to visit the Weirwood tree, he does run into Arya, and they do have a touching reunion, and that was part of the show that I liked. So Bran, like, uh, they were doing all their niceties right before the Weirwood tree, and Bran was like, hey, 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 we don't have time for any of this, okay? There are only six episodes this season. We need to get going. Sansa's looking at Daenerys like, who dis? And then John and Arya get back together at the Weirwood tree, say hi, and then John proceeds to underestimate her. But to be fair, he underestimates both her and Sansa. Arya coming to Sansa's defense in that moment, being like, yeah, Sansa's not the old little girl you knew who was kind of an ass and was totally psyched to go to King's Landing. Mistakes. And I'm not the little girl who was just kind of nice. I was the nice one to you. But things have happened to us in the middle of this. You have been away at the wall. I get that, but we're different now, and you don't fully understand that. But I'm going to hug you anyway, because, you know, we're family. Or are they? Or are they, James? Well, I mean, they're not. They're obviously not. We already know they're not. Because of the thing. You know, the R plus L equals J? (laughs) Crazy. There's a bit more just, like, small character scenes in Winterfell that we can talk about really quick. There's a nice scene where Arya runs into Gendry for the first time since season three. And, uh, you know, they kind of have a little tit-for-tat. It seems like maybe there's a a budding romance between the two of them, which was kind of hinted at back when, you know, they were much younger. Oh, sparks were flying. Gendry got a haircut. Arya is older now. He was like, you look good. And she was like, you look good too. And uh, this was... Perhaps it was directly after the Hound was given a dragonglass axe by Gendry. And Arya would then go and ask Gendry to make her some special weapon that we don't understand what it's for. But I'm sure it will come into play at some point. But yeah, in the same scene, the Hound and Arya also get to have a conversation. And it was less shippable. Yeah, I was a little let down that, you know. Basically, the Hound is teasing Gendry, and Arya comes in and surprises them both. And then the Hound's like, "Ah, oh, Arya, you're a cunt," and she's like, "Ah, oh, you're a you're a big dick." And you know, nothing, nothing meaningful was expressed between the two of them. I believe it's being set up. Still, this is not the time in which they were just gonna hug it out and be cool. They're cold to each other, but there's respect there. He loves her. He loves her. Okay, like a father would, but he's also still the hound, kind of a dick, and their redemption arc will be full circle, assumably as one of them is dying. The next sequence is kind of a a low point for me. So (laughs) Dan and John meet up. There's some issue with the dragons where they're not eating. Uh, Was this played for comedy where the dude tells... Daenerys like oh they've only eaten 20 sheep and and 30 goats and she's like that's so few well to be fair they've eaten children in the past so she's like well thank god it's goats and sheep but they're full grown dragons James I'm not a zoologist okay and I'm also not a dragonologist that's an absolutely real title that some scientists have and in this world the Winterfell world but Assumably, they need to eat more. And then Sansa, during the uh, during the meeting in the Winterfell halls, is like, "What do dragons eat?" And Danny is like, "Whatever they want." Danny and Sansa have a relationship that can be described as, "Who are you?" Yeah, nobody formally introduced us. No, but he, uh, John did, but it was just like, it was a little awkward. I thought and Danny's like, "Oh, your sister's hot." did she say it was also kind of she's like you're as hot as john said you were i I, i'd like to take a dragon ride with you sansa and sansa was like no thank you stranger person and then it was cut off by bran being like there's no time for this the night king is coming just an fyi okay cool this has been bran the robot uh on the news at six so john and danny visit the dragons and the dragons are cool with john still so they go on a magic 
Dragon Ride. It's a whole new world, a new fantastic point of view. I'm a great singer. So in the books, to ride a dragon, you need like a specially made harness. Otherwise, you would just fall off. And then also, the dragon scales are really like sharp rocks and would just cut the shit out of your legs if you rode them without uh, a saddle. But in this one, it's cool. You just jump on uh, and, and you hope you don't fall off. Which is the point that Danny made. He was like, what, what do I hold on to? She was like, whatever you can. And he was like, I don't know how to ride a dragon. And she was like, yeah, people don't know how to ride dragons. There's no simulator for riding dragons. Get on the dragon. Also, right after Davos, Seaworth, and Tyrion, and Varys get together and are like, you know, those two should get married. And Tyrion's like, they'd make a handsome couple. But Varys says nothing lasts. Tyrion's so jelly. You know, he's kind of in love with Daenerys. And... Uh, they also probably don't know the extent of the relationship Danny and John have, but that was pretty cleared up by the waterfall. What is with John and taking girls to waterfalls? Yeah, they land near a waterfall, and Daenerys is like, "Fuck me in front of my dragons," and uh, John's like, "All right, I will." And Drogon is like, "Whoa, okay, buddy, you, uh, you, re- you rode Rhaegal. That he's named after your father. You don't know that yet." That was fine, but now that you're making out with my mom in front of a waterfall, I don't know what happened the last time you were with a girl at a waterfall, but if I had to guess, it went poorly. Get off my mom. Down at King's Landing, Euron Greyjoy, who is basically like Johnny Depp Greyjoy, shows up in his boat with the Golden Company with him at his back. With Yara still underneath the boat, and he has a he goes down there. He's like, I have a boat full of mutes, I need someone to talk to. Ha 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 ha. Anywho, they do arrive there. Euron goes up to see Cersei, and she's like, What? Okay, so you brought the golden company, that's great. So there are soldiers, yes, and they're like, Totally. And they're like, Okay, there are horses, yes, and they're like, Totally. And she's like, Great, where are the elephants? And they're like, Ooh, bad news about the elephants. They're elephants. Yeah, so what, they didn't have any, or they died on the on the boat, or what? Yeah, you can't put elephants on boats, apparently. As the Golden okay. Company captain What's-His-Face said. I, he's a new guy, I don't, I don't care about him. In either way, while this is all happening, Theon saves Yara in, like, five seconds. Yeah, he just goes to save her, and there's no problems... But she's mad because he, you know, he ran away at first, so she punches him. But then she helps him up, and they're like, "We're what? A, you should go be with the Starks because they're your real family." And Theon's like, "You're right." And and then they say bye, and I don't know. For all we know, that's the last time we're gonna see Yara. I mean, Yara hugged Theon very tightly. It did feel a little bit like a goodbye. It would make sense for Theon to sacrifice his life in the near future for all of the things that he has inflicted upon the world and what the world has inflicted upon him. Again, they saved Yara in such a short amount of time. It was kind of disappointing how short that... It was like he went to Rivendell and got archers. They all hit perfect shots as they were getting on. Also, by the way, little fun fact, two of Euron's men that died in that scene were Martin Starr from Silicon Valley and Rob McElhaney from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. I'm, I'm going to rewatch that scene. So yeah, Yara explains that she is going to go reinforce the castle on the island of Pike in case they need to fall back there because the dead can't swim, I guess. And so to me, that means like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to leaving the show. Good luck. Right. They, it's, you know, it was a little bit like that Westworld scene where, where Maeve had to go take care of something by herself. And they were like, we're going to put these other characters in this little compartment over here. Okay, there they are. And you may never see them again. Who cares? But I care, James. I care. Meanwhile, Euron is totally like horny on Maine. And he's just, he wants to like... The only thing he wants in return for all the hard work he's put in is to bang Cersei. Why? And he's he, he's he's real open and uh, public about it. 
he's incredibly arrogant about it, which is what Cersei likes about him. That I do. So Lena Headey as Cersei is always good. She's always wonderful uh, at that role. She's just an amazing actress. I have not read the books, but I have heard that Euron Greyjoy in the books is like awesome. And at this point in the shows, he's just kind of horny and lets Yara get taken by Theon, a guy with no balls, as he's pointed out multiple times. It, it uh, and he, when he gets back to the boat, he's gonna be like, "Oh, where did they go? Everyone's dead. Great." See, I won't throw in any major book spoilers, but in in the book, the Golden Company does arrive at some point for some reason, and they do have elephants. And in the book, Euron is is like a pervert, but that's less like forward. The the more thing about him is just that he's like fucking pure evil. Isn't he also he, like a sorcerer? Yeah, he actively wants to, like, bring on the long night. He thinks that'll be cool. Yeah, the dead can't swim. That's a thing they say over and over again. Also, in the middle of all this, Braun had, like, a four-minute scene where he was having intercourse with three women of the night, one of which couldn't stop talking about how Ed Sheeran's character is dead. And then in the middle of it, Kyburn comes in and he's like, Hey, uh, here's a crossbow. Go kill Tyrion and Jamie if they don't die. I bet you'll feel conflicted about that. Okay, bye, Bron. Yeah, it's Game of Thrones, so you gotta have some sex position where, you know, a, a naked woman explains details that we're supposed to understand for the rest of the show. And, yeah, now that gives an excuse for Bron to go north. I don't think Bron's gonna kill Tyrion and Jamie. I don't see that happening. I don't see it happening either. He is only being offered gold. of, uh, uh, And, you know, he likes gold, to be fair. He's a big fan of it. But he's kind of slowly but surely fallen in love, like uh, kind of a platonic love with both Jamie and Tyrion. He likes them both. And now because the sister is angry and hands him a crossbow, he's just going to go kill them. If he actually did, that would be so... That would be, ah, that'd be so dumb. I hope it doesn't happen. That'd be so dumb. Back at Winterfell, Danny and Jorah want to thank Sam for saving Jorah's life and just being an all-around cool dude. And he's like, wow, it's so cool to be thanked by the Dragon Queen. I can't wait to tell my dad and brother about this. Oof. That's a big oof. Big oof on there, buddy. So Daenerys, after thanking him... Uh, but also hearing what his last name was, she's like, oh, of the Tarleys? He's like, yeah, of course. Uh, I'll need a pardon because I, I took the sword. Ah, uh, dad and my brother, who is Luther from the Umbrella Academy, is going to be so mad at me. And, you know, he hears that his father was burned alive and he takes it. He takes it worse than I thought he would, but he doesn't take it that poorly. You know, he's never had a very good relationship with his father. His father told him to go to the wall or be killed. So he, he's not huge into, into his dad. And then he's like, well, huh, at least I'll be able to go home now that my brother is Lord. And then Danny's like, oh boy, um, about that. Him and his brother do have a good relationship, so... It's like, yeah, oh, I lost my crazy, like, violent dick of a dad, but then also, like, my pretty cool brother. And it's not like Danny was put into a position where she had to burn them. She could just be like, oh, okay, you're not going to kneel? Well, then you're going to sit in the dungeon until you do. How's that? Right, and burning them, as we recall, Tyrion told her not to. Everyone on the planet was just like, that sure is a lot like what your dad did. And we're not sure if we have picked the right leader in this moment because sometimes you burn people and we're not down for that. In fact, I recall a scene where she was talking about, I think in season seven, like, you know what? Your plans, Tyrion, just didn't work. I'm going to take my dragons and I'm going to go to King's Landing and I'm going to burn Cersei alive. And she asks John what she should do. And he's like, yeah, don't do that. You're going to be just one and the same of what your dad did, burning everybody. And Varys and Tyrion are looking at each other like, oh, maybe John should be king. 
I wish I wish he had a birthright or something like that that could make this easier on us. So the last reunion, I think, is the best one, and it was kind of it's 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 both touching and then also very sad because of the context when John runs into Sam, and Sam is you know understandably broken up, and he tries to you know put on a brave face for John Snow. But he can't, and he comes out like, yeah, your girlfriend uh, burned my family alive. So what do you think about that? And then John's like, yeah, I don't know. He's like, oh, she didn't tell you. Great. By the way, this is also after Bran was like, uh, okay, I know what happened in there. I'm the three-eyed raven. I see everything. I know you're emotionally unstable right now. So I believe it's a perfect time for you to go into the crypts where there is no wheelchair access and for you to tell John the bad slash good news. And I couldn't believe this came out in the first episode of the season, where he's like, oh, by the way, uh, R plus L equals J, and you're the actual rightful heir to the throne, you're you're ahead of Daenerys, and you should be king. And he's like, no, Daenerys is a good person and a good ruler, she's going to be a good queen. Not actually, bro, she burned my family alive. Right, I'm a bit broken up about her burning my family. That wasn't cool. Do you think... That she would actually be like, I, and the the scene ends, and we'll talk about more about this scene and, and dive into it. But the scene ends with him saying, "You know, you gave up your crown for your people. Would she do the same?" And I think that's a perfectly fair question because I don't think she would. I've always sort of been annoyed with Danny's storyline. It, it it has it has its ups and downs. It has some things that are really cool about it. But there's this always one thing where she sort of wants to burn people alive and people keep telling her not to. And if you feel like there was if, if there was anyone else next to her who, who was like, you know, I think you should do it. She'd be like, oh, my God. Great. I, I am going to go burn everybody. Thank you so much for your kind words. John puts a bunch of things in front of Sam the moment that he says that to him. By the way, I love the way Sam told him. Obviously, Sam was like kind of broken up. So he's just like. John, I'm just going to tell you, uh, you're Aegon Targaryen, you're next in line for the throne, uh, Lyanna Stark's your mom, Rhaegar Targaryen's your dad. Jon Snow is, like, standing in front of the Ned Stark statue, looks at it, he's like, no, my dad was the most honorable man I've ever met. Are you telling me he lied to me my entire life? And Sam was like, no, you idiot, he had to lie to you. Robert Baratheon would have killed you. Stop being stupid. So one of the only scenes that moves the plot forward this episode is when Tormund Giant Spain is on the hunt for the Night's King along with the Brotherhood Without Banners, and they run into Ed and the other members of the Night's Watch, and there's a funny sequence where he's like, oh, fuck, he's got blue eyes, and he's like, dude, I'm just a ginger guy with blue eyes. That was one of the best lines of the of the season so far. Yep, Tormund and Beric are there. They're going through the last hearth, one of the only three places we saw in the beginning sequence. We saw King's Landing, Winterfell, the wall that is broken down, and the last hearth. I believe it will be the last time we saw the last hearth because it doesn't go well there. It's the home of Little Lord Umber, and that Little Lord, at the beginning of this episode asked for more horses and more carriages and to go back to his home and try to get more people. It didn't go well for him, obviously, because as Tormund and Beric meet up with Ed of the Night's Watch, who are are all behind the Night King and his army, they see Little Lord Umber has been attached to the wall along with a bunch of body parts, a la the Night King, who always seems to be making fun little art projects with people's appendages. Yeah, we haven't seen that for a while, but the the White Walkers like to make these cryptic, like, pictograms out of human corpses. Right, and they're completely associated with the White Walkers, so it's a it's a pretty straightforward message. Hey, we don't like you guys. Also... How do they know who Little Lord Umber was? I don't know. Either way, there was this great shot of Tormund standing in front of Little Lord Umber as he opens his eyes. They're blue too. 
And then he screams, the little lord does, behind Tormund, scaring everyone, including myself. I jumped like 10 feet high. Yeah, that was an exciting, that was that was a well-made scene. I, I feel like every Game of Thrones season one is kind of like, okay, remember where everyone is and what their major plot points are. Don't forget, I know it's been a year. And and then usually you get something like this where it's it's a peek into what we're going to be dealing with with the rest of the season, which might be the White Walkers. Although a lot of people predict the White Walkers are going to be knocked out by episode three. And we'll talk about our feelings as to what's going to happen uh, after the recap and, our, and our, our feelings on the theories that are out there. Lord Beric, I don't think he's a lord, but Beric with this flaming sword lights little Lord Umber on fire. Sets the whole thing ablaze. Really cool scene. Probably, like you said, one of the only scenes in this first episode that moves the plot along. Let's us remember that we love Tormund Giant's Bane and we're rooting for him. Tormund and Brienne forever. And yeah, when that thing lit on fire and they and they zoomed out of it, I was like, oh yeah, this is some old school Game of Thrones right now. This is good. In the last scene of the episode... A hooded man arrives at Winterfell, and when he gets off his horse and takes off his hood, we can see it's Jamie Lannister, who is lost his blonde hair on the ride from the King's Landing to Winterfell. He now has brown hair. It's looking to me like Luke Skywalker in The Last Jedi. And it's obviously a complete departure from how he arrived in Season 1, Episode 1. When he had glowing blonde hair, I think they just stopped caring about the Lannisters and blonde hair. They're like, wait, wait. They, it could all, it could be a metaphor for as it becomes brown, he he is more on the side of the living and less on the side of Cersei. But also, I think they're just like, whatever, Nikolai, you have brown hair. We really don't care anymore. He takes off the hood. Bran is still sitting there. By the way, did just did they just leave Bran in the courtyard? Has he been sitting there for days? <laughs> Yeah, no, nobody wants to hang out with, with Bran, and they pretend they don't see him when they walk by, so he just sits wherever his wheelchair's left. I get that. He's not great at conversation. But honestly, man, I don't, I don't, I don't think Bran's even going to be mad, bro. He's like, whatever. I, I don't have emotions, so. I have no emotions, but, you know, I've been waiting for an old friend, something he sold Samuel Tarly recently, and his old friend was Jamie, you know. The person who pushed him out of a tower. But again, this isn't Bran. This is the three-eyed raven. Does he care about that? I don't... I think he'll bring it up, probably. But it will probably also not be the point of what his statements are to Jamie. They'll more likely be, Hey, I'm glad you're here. We're going to need all the help we can get. Because the Night King has 100,000. And we have less. Yeah, I'll do the scene for you right now, and we can see next week uh, how correct I am. Okay. Bran, I'm sorry I pushed you out that window. I was a different man. Don't worry, Jamie. All things happen according to the only way they could have happened, so it was my fate to fall out the window. Also, don't call me Bran. Call me the Three-Eyed Raven. And then Jamie's going to be like, yeah, I'm not calling you that. I'm going to call you Bran. Also... Do you like my new hair? It's brown now. So all in all, I mean, I you know, I I watch these episodes a bit late because I can't I can't watch them at the same time for me in this time zone. They come out in the morning when I'm at work. James lives in Japan. So the buzz that I was seeing on Facebook on Twitter is that everyone's like, "Hey, it's pretty good and not bad episode." Yeah, that was your that was the buzz. I mean, yeah. I uh, the, the Reddit or the subreddit took the episode very well. They were all mad like I was that it was 54 minutes long. By the way, next week is going to be 58 minutes long, and then the rest of the season, the rest of the four episodes after that, are 80 minutes each. The movie-length episodes that we were promised to get, but we did not. Because when this ended at 54 minutes, I felt like I was cheated a little bit. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. This was supposed to happen for a half hour more. Like, the Bran and Jamie staring at each other at the end was a really cool ending. I did like that. Like you mm, said, too. there was only one kind of scene that really moved the plot along with the uh, Night's Watch and Tormund 
like kind of doing a pincer attack on the Night King as they are behind him. But I wanted more. You know, I only get, we only get five more episodes of Game of Thrones. And this one being less than an hour long was like, I don't know. It was a little bit of a slap in the face. But I, I, I and the and the first ten minutes of the fifty four minutes were just like, let's recap and review Game of Thrones. So for me, my expectations are low. But one thing which has not declined since season five is the quality of the performances. The actors have really always been doing their best, even if they've be given stupid shit to say they say it uh with conviction and i'm convinced this was a episode full of cold looks so we actually didn't even talk about when Tyrion and sansa got to meet up with each other Tyrion being like hey ex-wife what's up it was weird right after you left and they were like hey you killed joffrey and they where's sansa and he and i had to be like i don't know and then sansa was like by the way so your sister said the Lannister army is coming up here and you believed her, you dumb, dumb idiot boy. And he was like, oh, that's a good point. That's a solid point. Cersei yeah, is kind Tyrion's of been taking a lot of L's in the past couple seasons, man. He's, he's not having great ideas. No. Do you believe Tyrion makes it to the end? So I, as, as I'm sure you know on Reddit, if you have a Reddit account, they want you to choose who you think is going to end up on the Iron Throne. And I did not do it based on who I wanted, but who I thought would, and so I chose Team Daenerys. I chose nobody. I'm on the side of I don't think there's going to be an Iron Throne at the end of this. I don't believe Jon and Daenerys can both make it to the end of this show. I think one of them has to die. I don't know in the rest of the cast who is going to die, but I bet a bunch of them are because they're about to be met with a force that is, they they don't understand fully how intense this is going to be. So, and you know, in the trailer, uh, by the way, at the, like during the next episode, like next on Game of Thrones, it looks like the battle is going to start in episode two in the North. So, I think there was a there was a theory slash idea out there that the Night King's whole deal will probably be done by episode three, and then it will be like, okay, back to King's Landing. Let's see how it goes. So that was one thing I did like in this episode was that they're kind of setting up a conflict between Jon Snow and Daenerys where maybe the fans and a lot of the characters want and expect Daenerys to take over Westeros, but maybe she is the Mad Queen, and maybe the better thing would be Jon maybe should be king, because he's more just, more experienced, and, you know, not the the son of an insane madman and also a product of incest, which uh, might not be great. So do we still call him Jon Snow? He himself knows he's not Jon Snow anymore. He's Aegon Targaryen, rightful heir to the Iron Throne, as Samuel Tarly yells at him. Which, by the way, if you had to pick a actor slash actress with the best season eight episode one performance, who would you choose? And if you don't pick John Bradley West as Samuel Tarly, I think you're wrong. <laughs> No, I agree. Yeah, he 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 killed it. He's always great. Lena Headley was also really good in this episode. She's always good. She's so consistent, it's actually scary. And that one look Jamie had was solid. He was on screen for like a minute and I was like, "Oh, Jamie, your arc is interesting." Uh, Jamie Lannister's arc is my favorite out of the entire show. He goes from a person who pushes a boy out of a window after he the boy, Bran, when Bran was still alive, sees the incest occurring to a man who takes off his helm, has brown hair, looks at Bran and goes, oh, no. Yeah, Jamie is also my favorite show character. Who's your favorite book character? Somebody else. Some, what are you, why are you being vague? I can't tell you because it's a spoiler. Really? 
Yeah. You know things that I don't know. Did the show just skip it or what? Yes, the show totally dumped on the plot line that I like with my favorite character in it. Is that character at all in the show? Maybe kind of alluded to, but not actually, no. Okay, well, you'll have to tell us at the end. This is a good teaser. You'll have to tell us at the end of season eight who that was and why. All right, it's going to spoil the books for you, though. Oh. Um. Huh. I'm going to put some thought into that. (laughs) So why don't we get into wild theories and speculation about season eight? Uh, we, in the next episode preview, it seems like they're going to put Jamie on trial, uh, which did not work out great for Littlefinger, but I don't think at this point the showrunners have the guts to put Jamie on trial and just kill him for his crimes. That would be wild, and I would never see it coming, and that's why I think it's not going to happen. It actually, it just can't happen. The trailer shows Jamie fighting on the walls of Winterfell, so we sort of already know that he's not going to be killed within this trial. Perhaps the trial is occurring, and then the Night King shows up, and they're like, listen, we must set our feelings aside, because imminent death is approaching. Uh, there's a hilarious tweet I saw by at 7 Khaleesi says, it's hilarious how Sam told John to get over Roose Bolton killing his brother Rob because they need his men to man the wall. Sam also told Ollie to get over the wildlings killing his family because they need to all be united against the Night's King. And now he takes what Danny did so personally. Please. Uh, like they, uh, They're a little disappointed, it sounds. <laughs> I think this person stands for Daenerys and they're not going to take any, you know, Sam has already fired shots at Daenerys this episode. But not, he was still so respectful while learning that she burned his family alive. You know, I actually really like this survey. We should do it live right now. On a scale of one to ten, what score would you give this episode, James? Mm, A six? I gave it an eight. So we're different. What location did you enjoy the most? King's Landing and you're on ship, The Last Hearth, or Winterfell? Winterfell. You have to say Winterfell, right? So many things happened there. (laughs) The Last Hearth was one thing. Granted, it was a cool thing. But Winterfell had so many people who haven't seen each other in so long. Arya and the Hound, Arya and Gendry, Tyrion and Sansa... Uh, and Jamie and the three-eyed Riven, but it, it it's where things ha- it's where the subtle racism from the North was, which uh, which I think is a tiny tidbit of the episode that people should be paying attention to more. The Northerners are kind of dicks. What is your favorite of these reunions? Arya and John, Arya and Gendry, Arya and the Hound, Bran and Jamie, Bran and John, John and Sam, Sansa and Tyrion, Theon and Yara, or Tormund and Dolores Ed. Oh, I forgot his first name was Dolores. Uh, probably John and Arya. And then, you know, John and Sam was cool, but not for sentimental reasons. John and Arya just kind of annoyed me because of how much he underestimates both of his sisters. But to be fair, he has no ground to stand on in any understanding of... Arya was on another continent. He has no idea, you know. Sansa asked John at one point, did you bend the knee to save the North or because you loved Daenerys Targaryen? What do you think is the bigger factor? What do you think? I think he bent the knee to save the North. But also, as I recall, during that scene when he's on the boat and he grabs her hand right after her dragon was taken from her and he felt bad, I, I think... I don't think in that moment he was thinking about the North. I think he was thinking, I kind of love Daenerys Targaryen, and I want to do anything that I can for her, and I believe that she'll be a good leader. But as she's shown the audience multiple times, she may or may not be. Hey, she might come around, you know, through fighting the Night King and through perhaps afterwards going down to see Cersei and saying, what's up? Maybe she'll come around and be the leader that... Varys and Tyrion and Barristan Selmy believed and and Grey Worm believes and 
They all believe that she can be this person. They, they are putting all of the eggs in her basket while also looking at Jon Snow, Aegon Targaryen, the true ruler of the Seven Kingdoms, being like, oh, he's good too. I do like him. I I tend to think he did it to save the North, right? Like, if you're going to fight the ice monsters, dragons are pretty much like the win card. And I, I don't see them winning without dragons. Oh, no. I don't know. How, they wouldn't, um, for sure. The dragon stone is effective against the White Walkers. Is it effective against their thralls, the zombies, as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is, absolutely. The, it, it, that, the dragon glass is absolutely... They're making... Gendry is busy. He, I don't think Gendry is sleeping right now. He is just making dragon glass things. Things to murder future... White Walker zombies that are going to be coming at him full force. Okay. I also so yeah, I think it was for the north. I don't think it's been established that John and Danny are even in love. I think they're just young and 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 getting laid, man. Who do you think he loved more, Daenerys or Egret? Egret. Yeah, me too. I I don't think it's been established that John loves Danny or that Danny loves John. I think they're just into each other. You think it's a little bit of a fling? Also, do you think that uh, it being incest will make it weird? That's what I was... Nobody said the A word the whole episode. Nobody said, aunt, aunt, you're banging your aunt. That didn't come out. That didn't happen. I believe it will probably have to happen in episode two, right before the battle, where he's just like, oh, and by the way, we are V-related, dog. Oh, uh, popular season eight theories. Do you think Bran Stark is the Night King on the TV show? I don't think so. I don't think that the the showrunners have that complicated of a story in mind. I think that's a, a fan theory. Right. I, I don't want that to be the case. I, I, I want the Night King to be the Night King. And we could actually we should talk about right now. So the Crypts of Winterfell are something, right? It We see Arya in the trailer running through the crypts. It is inferred that the Night King wants to get down there for some reason. The reason, or one of the main reasons that is put out there as a theory is that Bran the Builder didn't make the wall. The White Walkers did. It was to put something up between them and and the rest of the kingdom until the next long winter. And now that it's the long winter, there was some pact between the Starks and the, and the Night King slash the White Walkers. And the Night King is now coming back to to fulfill that pact do you have any thoughts on on that on that story and if it's true or not uh i honestly don't know what the facts are in the lore of the show i have opinions on a similar issue on the lore of the books but in the show they show explicitly yeah like the Night's king was a man who was cursed by the children of the forest to create a kind of evil army to kill all the humans with but i don't know what's happened to the white walkers in in the intervening years where like now you know they're they're kind of aimless and they like to make human body art and shit so it seems like they've changed and are going their own way or something yeah i think if bran the builder ends up being who the night king was and that's uh, anyway. In either way, we're we're gonna find out in the next few episodes what happened between the Starks and the old Night King, and if that Night King is at all related to them, and what the pact they had, and why the Night King wants to go to Winterfell and into the crypts, because there has to be some reason. And the wall being that big, and it not being made by human beings, although you know humans in this world have made pyramids, they've made many a thing. So it it could have happened, but it makes more sense if the Night King was like, magic wall. So do you have any wild predictions for this season, Ryan? I mean, so Cersei Lannister's, it's what the witch told her was going to happen uh, in season five, I believe, in episode one, season five, where a new queen is going to take her uh, her throne a, a more beautiful queen we believed originally that was marjorie but she got exploded and perhaps it is daenerys and it's inferring that daenerys will take the throne a thing i don't want to happen but that you believe will happen and that you voted for happening it brings up another question of like 
do you believe Jamie Lannister will be the one to kill Cersei Lannister? Or do you think the thing that will end Cersei is, you know, King's Landing exploding? I honestly have no idea. I don't think Cersei will end up on the Iron Throne. That would be, a, again, I would never see that coming. That and it would, would blow nuts. my mind. And that's why I don't think it's going to happen. That would actually, if that was what what happened, I would I would slow clap for the show and kind of be angry at it simultaneously. That would be amazing, though. So I have some short-term predictions. I'm not going to predict the ending. All right. Okay. But in the next episode, Jamie's going to go on trial, and everyone's going to shit all over him, and they're going to be ready to kill him, and then Bran is going to be the one to be like, no, keep him alive because we need him. Is Bran a little bit too much Duex Machina for you happening right now? Yeah, I don't enjoy his character at all. I find him very obnoxious. I think they could have done very much the same thing with his character, but dialed back the roboticness, like, 50%. Like, maybe he doesn't need to be all-powerful to do the things he's done. I don't know. It's very strange. I don't see this for Bran in the books. Do you think the Three-Eyed Raven, a.k.a. Bran, will take over a dragon? It could happen. I don't see why it would need to happen. I'm pretty sure that Danny and John are both warging the dragons, and that's how they control them. Right. The Starks pretty much all have the ability, whether they know it or not, to warg into animals slash dragons. And John can now ride the dragon. So, assumably, Daenerys and John will ride a dragon during the fight with the Night King. And then after that, maybe ride them back down to King's Landing to say what's up. But I think my sh- my short term slash long term prediction is that that King's Landing is is full of wildfire right now, and Cersei, instead of losing her throne, will explode the whole place, and that Cersei will die in Jaime's arms the way it was always meant to be. But that's my point of like. I don't think there will be an Iron Throne. I think it will be a part of an explosion. And then at the end, they'll have to ask themselves, like, do we need a king? Do we need a queen? Is this the thing that the Westeros or the Seven Kingdoms will actually be best with towards the end? Or perhaps can we just let people live? If you have wild theories or insane speculation, or if you have looked into the future and you know how the show is going to end, send us a tweet. At Westworld Ryan, and we'll read it on the show. In fact, you don't even have to say anything about Game of Thrones. Send us a tweet. Tell us what you had for dinner. We'll read that on the show. I'll read pretty much anything. This episode was directed by David Nutter. He's directed a lot of Game of Thrones episode. He directed the Lost in Space finale, some of the Pacific episodes. Way back when, he directed X-File episodes. He also directed a bunch of episodes for ER, a bit of a Michael Creighton link. This is still the Westworld podcast. <laughs> Yeah, look, bringing it all the way back. It was also written by Dave Hill, who's written many Game of Thrones episodes. And he's also adapting the new Wheel of Time series for USA based on the Robert Jordan's best-selling fantasy book series. So they were like, you've written fantasy things before. Here's another one. Good luck. What do we know about the next episode? Season 8, episode 2. From the trailer, I don't believe it has a name yet. If it does, it escapes me. What we know is basically what the trailer has, which is there's going to be some sort of judgment put on Jamie, but it probably won't matter because he's on the walls of Winterfell fighting. Everyone has going to have Valerian steel swords and dragon glass, and the Clegane Bowl still has to happen at some point, right? Like, that can't not happen. Yeah, uh, it's this is going to be... Season 8 can be subtitled, you know, the fan service season. Do you think Theon is going to die in a spectacular way? Theon's not making that off. Theon's gone. Jamie's probably gone. The Hound is gone for sure. I think Gendry will make it out. I think Gendry and Arya are going to be shipped. Do you think Varys makes it? Varys probably does make it because he's not like a fighter in a combat situation. But Tormund is gone. Beric Dondarrion is gone. And probably Braun is gone, too. And probably Ed as well. Yeah. I mean, Melisandre told Varys that he'll die in Westeros the same as her. By the way, where is Melisandre? Is she going to show up? No, I think she's done. You I think, think she, so? She did tie up her plotline, yeah. Oh. 
Well, good. I didn't like her to begin with. She burned that little girl. How dare she? The budget for this season is crazy. That dragon ride was a long, long dragon ride. The whole new world sequence, like, oh my god, like, and and him hanging on, and then the dragons like doing dives for fun, just being like, Haha, try to hang on, idiot. Wee. I saw a good meme, and it's uh, a shot from Mean Girls, where uh, the the leader, the blonde leader of the Mean Girls, is looking at Lindsay Lohan, and uh, she's labeled Daenerys, and Lindsay Lohan is labeled. Sansa, and the quote, you're like really pretty. We wear pink on Wednesdays, and if you don't come out in pink on Wednesdays, then you can't be a part of our crew. So, yeah, you can't sit with us in the Great Hall next to the ex king of the North. By the way, there was that great moment where little Liana Mormon, I don't actually recall if her first name is that. Anyway, the little Mormon girl. Who is like, you know, you left King of the North and you came back. What are you? What are you? Her shtick is getting a little old for me. It's like, okay, we're having a meeting in the Great Hall. Okay, we're talking about this and that. Oh, yeah, the little girl wants to stand up and say King of the North again. I liked her thing last time. I didn't like it this time. But that's only because it was said for Jon Snow to once again be like, guys, it doesn't matter. I can't I can't I cannot tell you how much that does not matter. Right. It's like, yeah, I'll be king for a whole two weeks before we all die. Which is that's that that is a sentiment that's been that's been said in the show for a whole long time. A bunch of this doesn't matter. We're all gonna die if we don't stand together. Which sometimes is annoying. Because it feels like it does wash out all of the other storylines. Like, yeah, 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 great. Shut up, everybody. We're all going to die. And they'll be like, okay, fine. Well, then let's get the Unsullied up here who we can't even feed. And let's get great, like Grey Worm. Do you think Grey Worm's making it? No, he's definitely not. But I wonder, is this a metaphor for climate change? Because while we're all fighting over these... These uh, banal international issues and, you know, fighting over these little mounds of dirt. Meanwhile, man, the whole whole planet's going to burst into flames. And while we're fighting over who should control Crimea, uh, we're all going to die when the ocean explodes. If there is one thing I do not want to focus on while watching Game of Thrones, it is about <laughs> my impending doom uh, based on the I hope that's not the metaphor they're going for. I hope the metaphor they're going for is one day the sun will explode and that will happen. Who cares, guys? Sun's going to explode. Yeah, you can't fight the sun exploding though. You can fight the sun exploding. Oh, here's a weird theory I saw. What about when Drogon was watching Jon and Danny making out? And that was Bran, yo. I like like Bran was warging into, aka the Three Eyed Raven was warging into the dragon and watching. The, I just think the dragon is like, hey, I don't you you're pushing your luck right now, John. Okay, you're it kind of looks like you're attacking. It's like a child walking in on his parents and having intercourse. Be like, why are you two attacking each other? He doesn't understand, James. He's a Drogon. <laughs> right. He's a Dargan. He's a bit of a Dargan, and that can't be held against him. Alright, so catch us this time next week when we recap and review Game of Thrones Season 8, Episode 2, Title Pending. The title is pending. Again, if you have anything to say to us about what your feelings are, please send us a tweet. You can also send us an email at thewestworldpodcast at gmail.com. I'd like to take a moment to thank all of our wonderful patrons who are sending us some monies that's very very nice of you yeah uh audio costs money to host online and so ryan and i eat that fee and if you want to offset the price of that fee since this is just a fan podcast for and by the fans if you've got some cash to burn and you want to support our cause you can find us on patreon we're the westworld podcast Richard Hunter is not a patron anymore, but he still sent us five bucks. 
way to go. Uh, John Jers, Major Woody, you're all you're all killing it. We 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 thank you very much. Again, we haven't given you a whole lot of content very recently, but we are. But psyched. you're getting it now, baby. We you are from getting, here on out. Yeah, we're going to be giving you some Game of Thrones stuff. Also, we said that we will cover Westworld in one sentence. Here's that one sentence: Jonah Nolan and Lisa Joy just got nine million dollars from Amazon. If you got nine million dollars from Amazon and your TV show on HBO has had a tumultuous past and a kind of odd season two, would you keep making it for a bunch more seasons? I just don't know. Yeah, that could be bad news. It could be bad news. Anyway, Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we want to shout out uh, our very lovely patron who sent us a nice email and basically encouraged us to do a Game of Thrones season eight podcast. We were on the fence about it, man, and your your email pushed us over. Also saying that we should do a Watchmen podcast when that comes out on HBO. Also, a side note, when the Chernobyl miniseries comes out, that might also be a thing. That looks so neat. So yeah, if you're just listening, we really appreciate that. If you want to go the extra mile, you can follow us on SoundCloud or follow us on Twitter. Or if you really want to help support the show, you can support us on Patreon. Those are all the ways to support us. That is true. (laughs) We will be back next week for another recap, and we will see you then. I'm James. And I'm Ryan. And this is the Westworld Podcast. Also, there were no dongs in this episode. Thank you. There were no dogs? No dongs. Oh, there were no dongs. That's actually disappointing. There also were no direwolves. Also, this is the Westworld Podcast, but it's sort of... The Game of Thrones Podcast. The Dong Watch Podcast. Featuring Game of Thrones. If you saw Dong on TV, tweet it to Ryan. Don't have, well, yeah, do. Do that. Do it, I guess. That's an odd, that's an odd request, but, but I am down for that. Anywho, the Westworld Podcast. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye.